morning. It is great to have you with us. There's loads of you. Isn't it great to have this massive pile of stuff as well as an expression of our thanks uh, to God for his provision and his goodness to us. Um, and I love, I love that, just to take a moment to have a look at the pile, um, I love that there's, a, there's an expression here about God cares about the day-to-day stuff. There's loads of milk and fruit uh, and cereal, but also about the God's blessing is bigger than just the basics that we need, isn't it? And so there's loads of lovely stuff there as well that um, that you would be excited to find in your cupboard. And um, and that's a brilliant expression of, of what it's like to be blessed by God, isn't it? So that's great. Uh, so if uh, your email provider has not yet marked us as spam and you're still reading your weekly email from church whatever we are now, like 21 months in, um, then you will know that we are looking at the moment at the Psalms of Ascent. Um, And that this group of Psalms is a really ancient grouping of hymns, of songs. Uh, They are found together in this order in some of the earliest manuscripts we have. um, And that they are um, particularly... This this set of psalms, the Psalms of Ascent, are the psalms that God's people sang on the way to Jerusalem for the three major festivals, um, which are uh, Passover, Pentecost and Tabernacles. Um, So Jerusalem, the reason they're called the Psalms of Ascent is that Jerusalem sits on a plateau in the mountains. Uh, It is around about 760 metres above sea level, so they are walking up a hill. Um, And as they walk up the hill, they're singing and saying these psalms and songs, um, which express something of their expectation as they come to the city of God. Um, The festivals, you will note, and you will have noted if you read the email, um, that particularly Pentecost and Tabernacles are um, festivals associated with harvest. So this is a great time for us to be looking at these psalms. It's not totally random, guys. Who knew? Um, But in fact, there's a plan. And we're talking about these psalms around the time that we too are celebrating the harvest. Uh, I know that it's harvest time because we live right out on the edge of Southport and there are a number of tractors and massive combine harvesters that hurtle past the top of our road on a regular basis at the moment. Um, And we know because we're we're celebrating, we're bringing our stuff, aren't we? We're seeing uh, who's got a pumpkin. Come on, we can take the pumpkins back for Jesus. You're allowed a pumpkin, guys. (laughs) God made the pumpkins. Um, but we're, we're seeing this bounty of fruit and vegetables around us, aren't we, that reminds us of God's provision and of God's goodness. Um, and that's what these guys would have been thinking about as they made this journey up to Jerusalem, as they sang these songs, um, these pilgrimages that they were making on these festivals, they're commanded in the Torah, They formed part of the law that Moses had given to the people for how they were to live in the land that God had given them. And so at the point when they're celebrating all the fruitfulness of this land, they're being pulled back into this story, this this law, this 
set up that God had created for how they would live well together. So we can see this law uh, if we look in the book of Deuteronomy, we can see all of the rules that God set out for his people for how they would live well together and with creation. Um, And so we can see some of that in our passage today. So our passage today focuses a lot around family. Um, And this presents a real challenge for us, I think, in the church today. Because I don't know about you, but sometimes when I read this stuff, I think, does God's law really look quite so much like a happy ending of a Disney film? Are we intended to know that we're blessed only when we find ourselves sat around a beautiful family meal with our beautiful 1950s style wife and well-behaved children, or if you woke up this morning and shared your breakfast with something that looked remarkably more like a grumpy sack of hormones than a beautiful olive tree, are you still blessed by God? Well, you might be wondering... But I'm here to tell you that you are still blessed by God. That in fact, God's blessing doesn't just look like this picture of a happy family around the dinner table. So why does this appear in scripture? Why do we see so much in Old Testament texts, particularly the idea of family as blessing? Well... Let's have a little think about that for a while. So if we go back to Deuteronomy for a minute, that will help us to start to understand some of these things. So um, we see in Deuteronomy the the rules that God gives to his people. And the first uh, thing that we come across that relates to this psalm is in Deuteronomy 12, God gives them instructions that they will worship him in a place. So there is initially this idea that you will come to where God makes his presence so that you can encounter God in worship. And so there's the idea of place. And then a few chapters later, so that's in Deuteronomy 12, in Deuteronomy 16, we have the rules about these festivals, about how they should come, what they should bring, and that they should come, regularly reminding themselves of God's goodness and his faithfulness to them. And then, just a few verses later on, sort of around about chapter 21, we have these rules about families and communities. And so um, we see that, that God is creating this picture for them of how they should live, remembering his goodness to them, expressing it in the world, and living with one another in that blessing. And I think that starts to give us a picture of why God creates this picture of family as such an important theme in scripture. There's a couple of things we need to remember when we read these passages. Um, The first is this, that these are idealized pictures of life drawn from the scriptures. So when we hear this idealized picture of family, we're hearing the hope that God's people have for living in community together. These images are not an accurate representation of day-to-day life in Israel. In fact, even the laws that we're given uh, in scripture are, are instructions of how to live, but they're not necessarily exactly how it worked out. It don't, doesn't give us the flavour of how that worked out in practice necessarily. 
The purpose of the imagery is to draw us to the possibility of what life will be like in God's kingdom. So next, uh, God gives these rules to people in a particular time and context. God gives these rules to his people as they're setting themselves up as a nation. And sometimes these rules can seem a bit strange to us. They can seem quite harsh to us, some of them. But actually, when we look at them in comparison to the people around them, the people they could have drawn their examples from, we see that God's people are um, given these instructions that lead them to set up a nation that is orientated towards justice. It gives um, incredible protections to foreigners, widows, orphans, the vulnerable in society that just weren't there in the surrounding cultures. So when we look at how God sets up this nation, we can see that God is doing something particular in that context. And that translates for us today into those themes of caring for those in need um, but doesn't necessarily look exactly the same in our context and then finally I think we need to consider how family is defined so for us when we read this passage we hear our own um, cultural reference points of what family might look like but it's interesting to note that in Israel you did not become the head of a household until your father had died and even then that would be subject to what happened with your brothers and the pecking order in your family so when we think about family when we think about your wife will be fruitful and your children will be like olive branches We're thinking of of our little household, you know, our three-bedroom semi-detached with us and our children living in it or whatever it is. But actually, the picture that these people would be conjuring from from those words was very different. It's a picture of multi-generations, of um, community as a household, a much bigger unit Um, And I think that what that tells us is that God's intention in setting up this social order that is orientated towards justice and in setting up um, a means of blessing that comes through family, God wants to create a place for people to belong God is not saying here that um, marriage and children is the only way in which we can be blessed. Now, If you're married with children, you will know that that can be an incredible blessing. Um, And it can also be incredibly difficult. And if you've grown up in a family, if you've had anything to do with a family, you will know that there are times where family can be incredibly difficult and times where it can be an incredible blessing. But what God means when he says that we'll be blessed in families is that we will be blessed in community with one another, that God's intention in setting up this order for things is that people will find a place to belong. If you weren't married, you didn't leave your family unit, you remained in a family where you were taken care of and supported and you played an important role in that household unit. So the message of this psalm, in fact, is that following God's law, coming 
working on the land, bringing your harvest to these festivals, coming and reminding yourself again of God's story and God's priorities and living in this structure, in this community household structure was the means of God's blessing to Israel. That as they came with their stuff, they were reminded again of their responsibility to live in a way that allowed God to bless them and then to be a blessing. From the very earliest days of God's covenant with his people, he says to Abraham, I will bless you and make you a blessing. The purpose of God's people was not to live in a holy huddle, blessed up to the eyeballs with you know, all the grain in the barn and having a happy meal round a table with their beautiful olive tree children, but it was to be a blessing to those who lived around them and to the nations and to the world. God's blessing is abundant. And as I've said this morning, I think we've represented that in the way that we have brought our gifts this morning. That God's blessing isn't just scraping by on the basics, but God's blessing is abundant. We see that in creation, don't we? Recently, I, I came to speak at Tuesday at two, and what I decided to talk about was the people who had been part of my faith journey up till now. I wanted to share something about what it, was, what it looked like to grow up in the household of faith, in the household of God's church, with people coming in from all different directions. And I've been really fortunate to grow up in a house where um, lots of people have come and gone. And I, I love that our children are growing up in a place where there are people, even here, even when we've only been here a short while, who interact with them, who encourage them. Because being part of God's household is a really important part of how we grow in our faith. And so I think the challenge of this passage for us today, um, once we've dealt with some of the, the sort of things that it brings to our minds, is that how do we as the church create a happy home, if you will, a place of belonging, a place of blessing? How do we follow God's law in such a way that we are blessed and we are a blessing? See, we have the opportunity to build a community where everyone can find a place to belong. We can take seriously God's concern for the needy, the powerless and the vulnerable. And if we do that, we will be able to play our role in being a blessing to those around us. Because if we create a beautiful church of beautiful people having a happy time, we will be blessed, that will be wonderful, we will have a really happy time together. But if we create a community that looks outside of itself in the way that God is calling his people to do here, that creates communities that have a place for everybody, then we get to be blessed beyond blessing, to be part of God's blessing of the world. We just don't have our happy community here, but we're part of all that God wants to do in the world. And as we bring our harvest gifts today, that's a small sign of living in that way, of making space in our lives to think about the people who God has placed around us who we have the opportunity to be a blessing to.
In singing these songs on the way to Jerusalem, God's people were reminding themselves of God's intention for justice, for belonging and for hope for not just them, but for the world. As we tell this story, we tell that story again to our context, to our culture, that God does care, that God's blessing is abundant and that everyone can belong in the household of faith. So I wonder if we, as we come into um, land here, I wonder if we can just take a moment to think through what are the opportunities that we have this week to express that sense of a place for people to belong in the way that we are church.